morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> um, very, uh, I'm very full of gratitude this morning. I'm very, very grateful this morning. Um, I'm grateful to all of you um, for manifesting here for uh, your openness, for your practice, um, for all the ways that um, I receive your support in ways that uh, neither of us might be consciously aware of. And uh, grateful as always to my teacher, Galen Roshi. Uh, for inviting me to talk this morning. So I'm going to tell a couple of stories um, about our Zen ancestors. Um, and these are stories found that I came across anyway. Um, in a sermon given by uh, Dogen Zenji, the founder of our school. So let's start, shall we? <laughs> Here's a story. Here's a story. The story goes that after he had attained the truth at last, Gensa taught people with the words that the whole universe in 10 directions is one bright pearl. One day a monk asks him, I've heard the master's words that the whole universe in 10 directions is one bright pearl. How should the student understand this? And the master says, the whole universe in 10 directions is one bright pearl. What use is understanding? And on a later day, the master asks the question back to the monk. He says, the whole universe in 10 directions is one bright pearl. How does the student understand this? And the student says, the whole universe in 10 directions is one bright pearl. What use is understanding? And Gensa says, I see that you're struggling to get inside a demon's cave in a black mountain. So this is uh, this story I came across in uh, an essay by Dogen Zenki called, appropriately, One Bright Pearl, or in Japanese, which is the language that Dogen taught in, uh, Ika no Myoju. I don't know when I first read it. Um, it was long ago that um, I'd forgotten pretty much any, everything about it, except for that teaching of Gensis that the whole universe is a bright pearl. Uh, but that phrase, can am I audible back there? Okay, great. Um, but that particular phrase, that image, uh, it just, it always stuck with me. Um, and so when I was asked to speak this morning, um, I had already sort of been engaging again with some of Dogen's writing. Um, and I thought that I'd come back to this particular fascicle. 
But when I first came back to it, I found that I couldn't come up with a whole lot to say. Um, and, you know, and I feel like that's kind of what happens in this story, right? You know, Gensa says, the whole universe in 10 directions is a bright pearl. A monk says, you know, how should I understand that? And Gensa goes, it's a bright pearl. What are you going to do with your understanding? So I then realized that there's another story about Gensa in this essay by, by Dogen that I had completely forgotten about. That's also, um, it's also a lot of fun. Um, so I'm going to tell that story next. Um, story starts by telling us a little bit about who um, Master Gensa was, and then it uh, tells us a little bit about a very important moment in his practice life. So here's, here's that story. In this Saha world, in the great kingdom of Sung in Fuchao province at Gensazan Temple, there lived the great master Shuitsu, whose Dharma name as a monk was Shibi, and whose secular surname was Sha. While still a layman, he loved fishing, and he would float down the Nantai River on his boat following the other fishermen. It may have been that he was not even waiting for the fish with golden scales that lands itself without being fished. At the beginning of the Kansu era of the Tang Dynasty, suddenly he desires to leave secular society. He leaves his boat and enters the mountains. He's already 30 years old, but he has realized the precariousness of the floating world and, had, and has recognized the nobility of Buddha's way. At last, he climbs Sepozan Mountain, enters the order of great master Shinkaku, and pursues the truth day and night. One day, in order to, to explore widely the surrounding districts, he leaves the mountain carrying a traveling bag, but as he does so, he stubs his toe on a stone. Bleeding and in great pain, Master Gensa all at once seriously reflects as follows. They say this body is not real existence. Where does this pain come from? He thereupon returns to Seppo. Seppo asks him, what is it, ascetic Shibi? And Gensa says, in the end, I just cannot be deceived by others. Seppo, loving these words very much, says, is there anyone who does not have these words inside them? But is there anyone who can speak these words? And Seppo asks further, ascetic Shibi, why do you not go exploring? And the master Gensa says, Bodhidharma did not come to the Eastern lands. The second patriarch did not go to the Western heavens. And Seppo praised this very much. So let's, um, let's look at this story just a little more closely. When we meet Gensa, um, he sounds to me like he's a pretty happy guy. Um, he works as a fisherman. He, uh, 
He loves his job. He's floating down the Nantai River. Um, but then something makes him give that up. And he, lead, and he leaves secular society. That's a big change. Um, we, don't, we don't know what happens. Um, but Dogen says that the fish just jumped in his boat. The golden scaled fish. Um, something came to him he wasn't even looking for. Um, and he becomes convinced that you know, he has to stop this floating life. And so he goes off into the mountains of ninth century China um, in search of a teacher. Eventually, um, he enters the order of uh, great master Seppo. And uh, he gets, uh, Gensa gets this reputation for being a very serious and, and devoted student. Um, Dogen says, uh, he says he pursues the truth day and night. Um, and later in this essay, we learn that Gensa, um, being an uneducated fisherman, had never read a Buddhist sutra in his life. He just dedicated himself to this one practice. You know, legend has it about Gensa that uh, he, in his lifetime, he only owned one robe that he would patch up um, whenever a part of it would wear out. And um, uh, he wore under, under, undergarments, underwear made of uh, paper and grass. He, uh, Brad Warner a contemporary Zen teacher comments here, he really took this impoverished monk thing seriously. <laughs> so he does this for some years, studying with Seppo, devoting himself to this practice day in, day out. And after a while, he starts to think that, you know, maybe he should go meet some other teachers and get a more well-rounded education. This is another big life change. So he, you know, he packs up all his worldly belongings and he heads out the temple gates and right as he's halfway down the path, bam! He stubs his toe on a rock really hard. One thing that I particularly enjoy about this story is that, you know, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of so-called enlightenment stories in, um, in our Zen tradition, um, where something happens like this, something that, uh, causes somebody to have, you know, like a big, like an epiphany or, um, a, a, an experience of a mind opening, um, or, you know, a dropping away of body and mind. Um, but what happens to Gensa in this story is a little bit different from that. Um, when, you know, when he smacked his toe on that rock, you know, he, he didn't necessarily get some big clarification, some big understanding. Um, what he got was a question, um, you know, and the question is, you know, you know, so I've spent years 
I've spent years studying how this body of mind is not the true body. Um, you know, all dharmas are marked by emptiness. There's no true separation between my interior self and, and the exterior world. And I think I'm, I think I'm getting it. You know, I understand this on some level. So what's this pain that I'm experiencing right now? Where does this pain come from? What is this pain's nature? And so um, Gensa realizes in that moment that, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to go wandering the mountains of China learning from a bunch of different teachers. There's nothing wrong with wandering the earth and learning from many different teachers. Um, but that wasn't Gensa's path right at that moment. Um, he he's realizes that he still has a lot of learning to do right, right where he is. So he turns around and he, we can imagine him limping back to the temple gates <laughs> and uh, his teacher Seppo sees him and he says, what's up, Mr. Devoted Practice? And Seppo says, in the end, I just can't be deceived by others. And what are what are others going to teach me? Um, you know, I don't I don't even understand what's happening when I stub my toe and it hurts really badly. Uh, you know that's 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 my teacher. That's what's what is it that's happening here and now? What is this experience? That's 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 what I need to understand. Um, and as it turns out, um, Seppo never did, uh, I'm sorry, Gensa never did study with another teacher. Um, he studied with, uh, with Seppo for many years. Um, and they actually, they formed a really a beautiful relationship. There are, um, you know, a lot of stories in our Zen tradition about the two of them and um, their conversations as they tested each other's understanding and um, you can read a lot of, when you read these stories, there's a lot of warmth in them. Um, and, uh, a lot of them are also really funny. Uh, but so, you know, Gensa returns to this diligent practice of his, except now, you know, he also carries this, this question and through, working with this question and this moment and this experience of body and mind um, for many more years, uh, he's able to, as, you know, as Dogen puts it, he attained, he is able to attain the truth. And when, um, when he begins teaching others the way, <coughs> pardon me, 
um, one way that he expresses this truth um, that he has obtained is by teaching that the whole universe in 10 directions is one bright pearl. So here's some of what Master Dogen has to say about this particular expression of Gensa's. He says, the one pearl is not yet famous, but it is an expression of the truth. It will be famously recognized. The one pearl goes directly through 10,000 years. The eternal past has not ended, but the eternal present has arrived. The body exists now and the mind exists. It's not mountains and rivers at all points of the compass. It is a bright pearl. Um, a lot of our Zen ancestors had these like very individual ways of expressing their understanding. Um, and this was one of Gens's. The whole universe in 10 directions is one bright pearl. Dogen understands, Dogen understands Gensa to be saying this. Dogen says, the point is that the whole universe in 10 directions is not vast or great not meager and small, not square or round, not centered or straight, not in a state of vigorous activity and not disclosed in perfect clarity. Because it is utterly beyond living and dying, going and coming, it is living and dying, going and coming. And because it is like this, the past has gone from this place and the present comes from this place. When we are pursuing the ultimate, who can see it as utterly as separate moments and who can hold it up for examination as a state of total stillness? And then he, he breaks, Dogen breaks this teaching down a little further. He says, the whole of the 10 directions describes the ceaseless process of pursuing things to make them into yourself and of pursuing yourself to make it into something. The arising of emotion and the distinctions of the intellect, which we describe as separation, <clears throat> are themselves as real as turning the head and changing the face or developing things and throwing oneself into the moment. Because we pursue self to make it into something, because we pursue self to make it into something, the whole of the 10 directions is in this ceaseless state. And because the whole of the 10 directions is a fact before the moment, it sometimes overflows beyond our regulating ability, which is the pivot of the moment. And that's great teacher Dogen, but great teacher Gensa just says it's one bright pearl. The whole universe in 10 directions is one bright pearl. And sometimes a student would ask him, you know, you say the, the entire universe in 10 directions is, is one bright pearl. How should I understand this? And Gensa would say, 
the whole universe in 10 directions is one bright pearl. What, what are you going to do with your understanding? And then a couple of days later, Genta might see that same student and say to her, the whole universe is one bright pearl. How do you understand this? And the student might remember their conversation from a couple of days ago and say, you know, the whole universe is one bright pearl. What, what am I going to do with my understanding? And Genta might say to her, see that you're struggling to get inside a demon's cave in a black mountain. When I hear that, when I hear that response, I, I hear Gensa telling this student that, you know, he can tell that she's putting in the hard work, but she's on the wrong track. Something that's unique about our Zen school is that our practice doesn't really change very much, it seems to me, um, you know, no matter how long we do it. Um, when it comes to like our formal practice, uh, we might do more of it sometimes, a little less of it sometimes. Um, we might learn new ceremonies or new customs. Um, but they're all, but those are all sorts of, they're kind of variations on a theme, it seems to me. Um, you know, if this, if this student was, let's say the student was in college and Gensa was her professor, you know, um, Gensa might have suggested some other courses that she could have taken um, to understand more about her major. Or um, even if Gensa was like, even if Gensa was, a, a teacher of, an, of another school of Buddhism, right? Um, he might have said, you know, something that sounded like, I think, uh, I think some, maybe some visualization meditation would be, would be helpful for you right now. Um, but that's not, that's not our school's way. Ours is, you know, it's kind of a very single-minded way. Um, you know, we can spend, uh, we can, uh, take up other practices and, uh, we can, um, spend our free time, you know, studying sutras and the literature of our school. And a lot of us do, um, but Gensa didn't. Gensa just did this one practice. Um, he was, you know, seen as kind of a weirdo in Seppo's order, um, because he was so devoted. Um, and just as he was about to leave Seppo and broaden his education with other teachers, you know, this very ordinary painful thing happens to him. And he realizes he's been working very hard to get inside a demon's cave in a black mountain. Um, and he realizes he doesn't need to necessarily change teachers or change practices his practice stayed the same, you know, he still wore this beat up robe and uh, paper underwear. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, now he had some clarity into what it was he was practicing. Um, 
you know, this question of what is this body? What is this experience? What is this pain I'm feeling? Um, you know, no eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, or mind, but where does this pain come from? Um, so that's why Gensa in this story doesn't tell, you know, doesn't tell this student to try something different or, uh, you know, to give up. You know, Gensa, Gensa knew um, it was okay if the student was working hard in the wrong direction. Um, because, you know, someday that student might stub her toe or bump her head or hear something she didn't expect or be asked a question or be insulted or maybe nothing at all would happen. But um, Gensen knew that this practice clarifies itself. The student asked Gensa, <clears throat> I've heard you teach that the whole universe in 10 directions is one bright pearl. How should I understand this? Gensa says, the whole universe in 10 directions is one bright pearl. What use is understanding? And Dogen reads this and he says, when he reads this interaction between Gensa and the monk understands that even though it seems that the monk is just playing with her conditioned intellect and in speaking these words, even though it seems that the monk is playing with her intellect in speaking these words, they are the clear manifestation of the great activity, which is just the great standard itself. The student, this is me now, not Dogen. The student, the student asked that question when the student asked it with the student's understanding. The student isn't separate from the great activity, the bright pearl. And so that's why Gensa asks, what use is understanding? What use is understanding means that your, your understanding or lack of understanding right now is the great matter, is the great pearl, the bright pearl. It doesn't mean that there's nothing to understand. It can be very hard to believe that the entire universe in 10 directions is one bright pearl. Um, Sometimes stubbing the hell out of your toe just sucks. Um, but, he, but Dogen seems to think that even when you're, you stub your toe and it just sucks and it hurts and it sucks so bad that you don't even have time to think about where this pain is coming from, if this body is not the true body, that all of that is the universe in 10 directions is one bright pearl. Um, he says, um, he says, that which is already like this 
is the one bright pearl, which is the universe in 10 directions. So even though it seems to be continually changing the outward appearance of its turning and not turning, it's just the bright pearl. The very recognition that the pearl has been existing like this is just the bright pearl itself. The bright pearl has sounds and forms that can be heard like this. Already having got this state like this, those who surmise that I cannot be the bright pearl should not doubt that they are the bright pearl. Isn't that nice? Those, those who figure I cannot possibly be the bright pearl should not doubt that they are the bright pearl. I find that so encouraging. And I, um, I hope you do as well. Um, that even when I don't understand, even when I don't understand how, you know, me and my ridiculous life could possibly be the great matter, the bright pearl. Dogen says that that's just the bright pearl manifesting itself through my inability to understand. It's very encouraging. It's very optimistic. Um, He says, he says, Artificial and non-artificial states of surmising and doubting, attaching and rejecting are just a small view. They're nothing more than trying to make the bright pearl match the the narrow intellect. So here's my hope for myself and if you will allow me, um, my hope for you as well. Um, my hope is to remain um, steadfast and single-minded um, to observe my life and my mind um, to try to believe that the pain and chaos that I sometimes have to endure um, can't possibly be anything besides the one bright pearl, which is the whole universe in 10 directions and can't possibly exclude me. Um, And I hope that uh, I stub my toe as many times as is helpful. Thank you.